Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tape Store. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we are very happy to have you back. Or if it's your first time to the Tape Store, uh, we want to say thank you for taking the time. And really, if it's your first time or if you've been with us every episode so far, this is episode number five. Yep. Uh, we want to appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and, you know, Hopefully, joining on the conversation. Yeah, because we uh, we'd be doing this anyway without microphones. So uh, it's really it, it means a lot to us that you would take uh, any amount of time from your day to listen, and we're happy you're here. Yeah, and you know, like I said, we, we talk about this stuff with or without the podcast, but <laughs> it is a lot of fun to kind of really open up the conversation and and you know include others and have that community of people that. Grew up in the eighties and um, and and the nineties, um, and we're we're just you know everyone's time's valuable. So if you took thirty minutes out of your day uh, or evening uh, to listen to our little podcast, um, we are happy to have you. Yep. So tonight, what are we talking about? <laughs> All right, we, do I get to say it? Go ahead. <laughs> we are talking about the amazing movie from nineteen ninety three, The Adams Family Values. Yes. Yes. One of my favorite movies as a kid, the movie that gave me a, I think, at least a year-long crush on Christina Ricci. Um, That's fair. Yes. I mean, it was at least a year. Before it switched to Betty Ann uh, for the Midnight Society. You always had a thing for goth girls, and I respect that. Right. Yeah. It was it, it was just a lot of fun. Now, Adam's Family Values, as Brooke said. I, yeah. It's Adam's Family Values, not the Adam's Family No, not Values. the Adam's Family. I am so sorry. That was a big mistake. What, what do you what do you mean? I said the Adams family values, and that was a mistake. Oh right, no. <laughs> um, the Adams family was a 1991 film uh, that was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, and it was a good movie. Yeah, it was good. It was a great setup for Adams family values. Seriously. Also directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, which, in my opinion, was an even better movie. I think that's pretty much the the general widely held belief among 90s kids like we all loved the second one better yeah like i think that i always look at the adams family as like this that was a great setup for adams family yeah, values right like um so the adams family values or adams family values yes, uh, yes. proper movie name uh was just an excellent movie in my opinion again now right at the start you're looking at the adams family which essentially is Almost like a live action cartoon, so reality is incredibly stretched. Yes, I so, mean, I grew up watching the '60s version, so I was very well acquainted with the Adams Family as they were before the movies even came out. Right. So it was a fantastic reimagining of them. So when I look at the Adams Family, and when I look at the uh, Adams Family values, just in general, the the, the core group, which is <laughs> which is the Adams Family, yeah. is probably I think one of the more stronger. Um, ensemble casts all at just like they're they're all going like full cylinders in their Seriously. performances uh raw julia as gomez adams uh who is amazing who is amazing um angelica houston Ugh. who is amazing as morticia She's adams just and their chemistry as um gomez and morticia are just well, and yeah. I mean, the thing is, the casting was going to have to be perfect because one, you had to have perfect people cast in the roles, but two, those roles are highly sensual and they have to have great right. chemistry. So 
they just knocked it out of the park with both of them because their on-screen chemistry is just as good as their individual performances. Right, and you have, uh, as Uncle Fester, Christopher Lloyd, who is incredibly <laughs> outrageous. And Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, w- since we're talking about this movie, we decided to watch it right before we recorded we yeah. because we wanted to be fresh off of watching Adam's Family. And <laughs> we could not stop laughing just at, at just Uncle the Fester. the outrageousness of his and physical how, yeah, actions. How, and like how herky and jerky and stressed out he, <laughs> he makes you. They're really, the but, herky jerky is the only word. Right. Um, so. Uh, He's phenomenal. Now, in the first movie, let's talk about Grand, uh, Grandmama Adams. Yes. Which is played by Carol Kane. Phenomenal. Yes. Uh, she replaced Judith Molina, which I, I don't, I don't. No, I'm not as familiar with her. Mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with Carol Kane, and she is a better Grandmama Adams. Yeah. Um, but you have um, Christina Ricci as Wednesday. Yes. Absolutely phenomenal as a young actress. She's phenomenal now. Yeah. But um, she's rema- she stayed true to her gothness, honestly, throughout her entire career. Yeah. Uh, definitely stayed true to being unique and, and yes. taking unique roles and, yes. and, and not doing the mainstream stuff. Um I've net I've not seen uh, Jimmy Workman who played Pugsley and anything else, but he was great. Uh, but you have a great supporting cast as well in Adams Family Values. Like that was the what I think uh, the Adams Family was was kind of missing was that uh, a great supporting cast around in the first one. You mean in, in the first one because yeah. the first one was solely about the Adams Family and it was about like getting Uncle Fester back and Uncle Fester's central in Adams Family Values. Yes, uh, because in the first movie. Uh, they had found Uncle Fester again, right? And Uncle Fester has uh, his his mother, or you know, a woman who she she had the, he had these con artists surrounding right. him that were trying to basically get the money. Um, they were trying to get to the Adams family vault. Yeah, right. So the second movie, Adams Family Values, is also surrounding Fester. Uncle Fester, yeah, uh, in a different way, uh, but. So, but you had this great supporting cast in Adam's Family Values. You had um, the the main, I think, part of the supporting cast was mm-hmm. Joan Cusack. Oh my gosh! As Debbie Jelinski, who is the Black Widow, who is absolutely out to get Uncle Fester's money and nuts and all the best ways. Now, when I was thirteen, I had never seen Joan Cusack in anything, so I just thought she was just this actress. But like now that I'm older and I've seen yeah. jo- Joan Cusack in so many things, and she's like incredibly, you know, talented and. Uh, I just was like, just really blown away by her performance. And there was just a whole new, deeper appreciation for this movie, watching it as an adult. Yes. Because there was so much stuff that I'm like, well, I missed that as a kid, because this is hilarious. Right. And you also have, um, when I was a kid, the funniest, and and still, (laughs) the two characters that make me kind of laugh the hardest um, are the two camp counselors (laughs) at Camp Chippewa. Uh, which um, their names uh, in the film, excuse me, are, let me find them, uh, Gary Granger and Becky Martin Granger. Of course. (laughs) uh, Played by Peter McNichol and Christine Bransky. So they... Who are both incredible actors on their own. Yeah, who've both been in things that have been great, but like, they are just hilarious. So just that, that just sets the stage. So you have the core Adams family who are perfect in their unabashed morbid dark weirdness they're like hey this is who we are yes it's and wonderful. it's wonderful to see and uh, we're going to talk a little bit later uh i think 
the symbolism of why I think, honestly, the Adams family is really kind of powerful as yeah. a, a TV family. Uh, n- not in ways that you think actually an incredibly positive way, but um, you had this incredible supporting cast that is reacting to them. And that's, yeah. and that's really, I think, with the Adams Family movies, not only is the Adams Family great, but the supporting characters' reactions to them are just are, are also really entertaining. Well, it's kind of like the it's like when you watch any kind of like like The Office or something. Like you need your no, quote unquote normal characters because right. it, sh- it points out how great and outrageous your focus is. Yes, and they are just they're phenomenal on their own. But when you bring other people into it to react to them, right, it's even better. Which is why I think that if you look at the two movies together, whether it's um as as the Adams Family, Adams Family Values, it, I really think if you look at them as like one large work, it's like Chapter One was just the setup. Yeah, at you know, and then Adams Family Values is like this is what happens when they go out into the world, and it's wonderful. <laughs> um, so just to give a start, so um. Uncle Fester is lonely. Okay, yes. he is. He is the one thing he lacks is is love. He really is like another. Yeah, it, it literally begins with him howling at the moon. So yeah, yeah. he he's like he really is like another child in the yeah. Adams family house. <laughs> and um, Morticia and Gomez actually are kind of like wanting a break from having the kids around. They've just had a new baby. Yeah, pubert, <laughs> and. Right. Something a child could live with. <laughs> right. And uh, th- so w- with the new baby, of course, uh, Wednesday and Pugsley are trying to uh, kill, kill the baby. Yes. and In true Adam's fashion. In true Adam's fashion. And Morticia and Gomez are just a little kind of annoyed by it. Only barely. Yeah, just barely. Enough to want to kind of... Uh, to have a break, so they want to order. So, excuse me, order. order. So they, so they want <laughs> so to hire some help. They want uh, a nanny. Yes. And that's where eventually we get to um, Joan Cusack, who yeah. comes in, who sees an opportunity, and you find out, of course, she is a um, a black widow. She she murders rich husbands, takes their money, spends it all, goes on to the next one. And you pretty much find that at the very beginning. Yeah. Because the whole purpose isn't really finding out. It's not a whodunit. It's no. like, no. We know there's something wrong with we her. We know there's something wrong with her, which is, in fact, why she's so able to deal with the Adams family initially. Yes. Uh, but even the Adams family turns out to be too much for her, as she uh, <laughs> as we come to find out. And her and the thing about it is, Pugsley and Wednesday are very clever kids, especially Wednesday. She's like she's yeah. sharp, and she knows immediately like you are up to something. Yes, you know. So she's got to get rid of the kids, and what's the best way to do it? Right. You send them to summer. You camp. send them to summer camp. So <laughs> she finds a way to convince. Um, Morticia and Gomez to okay them going to Camp Chippewa. And this is where you get into what I think is a real commentary, one of the, I think, cultural commentaries of this movie. Yes. Which is what you realize the Adam family is kind of, Adam's family is kind of a commentary on. Mm-hmm. So when you get there, you realize that this is a very privileged camp. Where there's and a, they say it right away, like, we are privileged. Like, yeah. that's part of it. A lot of the kids are, you can tell, because they do a little... When uh, the Adams family is kind of looking around, they're like, fresh air, sunlight, what the heck, you know? Yeah. And Gomez it, hands P- uh, Pugsley a, a <laughs> cigar, an iconic father-son moment, right? Yes. And they're looking around, and what you see in this in this film montage that, you know, what I would have missed as a kid, because I'm too busy, like, googly-eyeing uh, 
Wednesday Adams. Accurate. But what you miss is that they're, they're, you're seeing that these are really, really well-to-do kids. But you find out actually rather quickly that the Buckman family, they think they're perfect. And, you know, Amanda Buckman thinks she's so perfect. She's the kid who just, like, is, like, what, what appears to be the model kid, right? Yeah. And then you have... Um, David Crumholtz's character. Enter my crush. Yes, right. David Crumholtz, who would later become Bernard, the lead elf in Santa's workshop in the Santa Claus starring Tenon. And his character is Joel Glicker, and he is another <laughs> kind of an outsider kid. Yes. Whose parents are like, obviously, they they think they're just they're not pleased with him. No, that, they're kind of hovering, wanting yeah. him to be cool, wanting him to be right. more than he is right now. They're like now. hovercopter parents that want him to be more than what he is, right? So... That's still wrong, right? right? And he and we find out he's a very brilliant kid, super smart. He just wants to read. Like, he's allergic to everything, right? Like he he really is a great kid, but his parents want him to, to I guess, be a buckman, right? So you have these, right? Something like that. Yeah. So you have like the Glickers <laughs> with with the, the the these parents with the way they are with their kid, and then you have the Buckmans with the way, they, and then you realize that like they're all just a bunch of phonies, right? Like because you, because the fact of the matter is is as Amanda Buckman. Even though she's missed like it at Camp, Ch- Camp Chippewa as like, oh, I'm just so nice and kind and oh, it's all about togetherness and harmony. She's actually a really mean kid. Yeah. She's a bully. Right. But you find out that the Grangers, the owners of the camp are the same way. Yeah. They're very judgmental. Uh, they they exclude. Mm-hmm. And and for the sake of including, they point out other people's like the Adam, like uh, Wednesday and Pugsley and Joel. For the, for the sake of quote unquote including them, they sit and they basically say that everything that the way they live and the way they look is all wrong. Right. And the other kids like that. So again, uh, all that to build up to what I think the Adams family comments on is how completely untransparent and fake um, some people can be because mm-hmm. they have money or because they have influence or and the Adams family is like, well, this is just who we are. Yeah, yeah, they're unconcerned with with those no. kinds of things, and even though and they're forward thinking, right? But they care about each other. Like mm-hmm. Gomez and Morticia are absolutely in love. Wednesday and Pugsley had these moments where they're at each other, but ultimately they're co-conspirators. So yeah, they're a team. They're a team. They come to love their little sibling as well. Because the- what's her name? Um, um, Joan Cusack's character. She kind of gets onto the baby and they're like hey yeah debbie like real i mean they literally were just trying to behead the child and she's like you and little soon, brat yeah and soon she calls her brat and goes our brother's not a brat like right so they really do care about each other so the adams family actually you know you see and and if you haven't caught on with, with the first movie when you watch the first movie definitely when you watch the second movie you really see when the adams family is set against uh or set in conjunction with or if i'm saying that correctly <laughs> if they're set in comparison to the real uh, world. The real world. They're actually ahead of the real world because they're like, look, we, we're we happy with who we are. Yes. And we love each other very much, which is, for me, kind of like the Adams family is like really kind of the ideal nuclear family. Yes. Uh, they actually have it all together. Uh, you have to look past the morbid. With a little spookiness. <laughs> yeah. You look past the morbid and the spookiness and stuff, and you realize that like they're actually an incredibly healthy group of people. Right. And that's the, I mean, that. If it wasn't the point, it's a point they sure made well. Yeah, I think it's a point that they do a good job making, especially when the kids go to Camp Chippewa. Yes. And, you know, oh, I know what you, you know, because because Wednesday and Pugsley and Joel don't want to do archery and they don't want to get on canoes, which I, I honestly wouldn't have cared to do. Nope. 
they think they have issues. So you just need to go to the Harmony Hut. <laughs> you need to sing Kumbaya, which I think Kumbaya is an incredibly positive song. But the problem is that these judgmental people yeah. are using these good things as a weapon against kids who are different. Right. And they already so, all, all three of them are very bright. They see through it. Right. Um, so I, I think that was one of the more powerful kind of things that I got from it as an adult. Yes. Aside from as a kid having a crush on Christina Ricci <laughs> and, and Wednesday Adams. Um, yes. And David Krumholtz. <laughs> right. Talking about our favorite parts of the movie. Oh gosh. Um, what was your favorite part? Oh, what gosh. would you say your favorite part of the movie is? Um, well, honestly, I mean, I have like favorite tidbits and then I have favorite parts. Like yeah. one of the things that we, that you commented on a lot, but I've always loved is, Anytime Morticia Adams is present, yes, she has this 1920s Hollywood light right across her yeah, eyes. Like right, and she, no matter where she, she is, walks in, and sometimes she walks into it. Right, when yeah, she's about to speak, and it's just perfect because I'm like, of course you have this iconic old Hollywood light on you because you're phenomenal. So I love, I just love that Morticia just has this vibe wherever she goes that she's just like, listen, I'm glamour. Um, I love. I mean, re- golly, it's like that, any, any scene with her. I love. I think Morticia. that that's, and I think that's the whole point is that. You know, when we first started talking about this movie, I told Brooke, I said, um, hey, you know, who really steals the show in this is, at first I was like the camp counselors at Camp yeah. Chippewa. They kind of steal the show. They're so funny. And they are. Like mm-hmm. Peter McNichols, uh, Peter McNichols, excuse me, and uh, Christine Baranski really do. Oh, they're great. great. They really are great playing these like phony, sweet camp counselors. Don't you want to realize my vision? You know? <laughs> <laughs> when he's ha- writing this play about the first Thanksgiving where he basically is bashing Native American yeah, culture it's terrible. in the writing. Oh, yeah. And I think that that, was, that that had to have been written in there to to, to make a commentary on just how oblivious oh, gosh. some oblivious people are. Oblivious or, in, or intentionally ignorant. Ignorant, like right. Like staying ignorant. Right. But they're really great with that. But what I was saying was, Brooke was like, Toby, everybody shines in this. Yeah. And really, whether it's uh, Gomez and Morticia... Or Uncle Fester, um, <laughs> Wednesday and Pugsley, um, Grandmama and it, even Grandmama. Everybody like shines. Well, yeah, everybody. whenever it, whenever the spotlight's on a certain character, Debbie, Joan Cusack, they're amazing. They're the only ones there for a second. It's great. Right. But yes, we we love anything Morticia was in. I know. I just love her. So yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, I really, uh, <laughs> I really, really just loved anytime. Um, Uncle Fester was speaking or moving around because or he existing did, on like, screen. Just the jerkin. Yeah. Like there were times when we were like kind of like we were almost like jump like, what the heck is he gonna do? And we had seen the movie before, but again, you're watching it with, you know, it's just a lot of fun. There's a moment in at the camp when um they're pairing the the kids off to to pretend to save one another in the water. Yes. And um the main girl, the the blonde Amanda girl, Buckman. Amanda Buckman, is like, you know, oh, you know, I'll I'll do it, blah blah. blah. And w- of course, she gets paired with Wednesday. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they're kind. Wednesday is just this sharp, like as attack, just with her comeback, with her quips. Yeah. Yes. And so, at one point, they're choosing who's going to be the person saving and who's going to be the person drowning. And Amanda Buckman raises her hand, and says, "I'll be the victim." And Wednesday goes, "Your entire life." Yeah. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> honey, I love you so like much. Like that that kind of deadpan. We had to pause uh, it. I was like, laughing so that hard. Kind of, those kind of deadpan Wednesday Adams quips yes. were like, um, are, are, are hilarious today in shows. Oh yeah, uh, how deadpan um, Wednesday Adams is. 
And Pugsley's just, he's kind of there, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely don't think that Wednesday was definitely much more of like a, uh, had much more of a presence, I think, than than Pugsley. But yeah. uh, he still did really, I mean, he was still good. He still fit the role and stuff. But um, it was just really, really great whenever Wednesday Adams had a comeback for Amanda Buckman or really anyone. Literally anyone, yeah. R- literally anyone, right. Um, so, so what about you? Uh, it was again hard to come up with, uh, but I think my favorite is, uh, the rehearsal for the play (laughs) when they're singing happy Turkey day. And this one girl just isn't dancing. She's just like not having it. She's just not into it. She's just standing there and mouth again. Gary Granger is slapping the book in his hand at her. And then at the same time, he's on time dancing <laughs> with the number and then it's happy turkey and he does like the movement and then just grabs her and jerks her off the stage <laughs> again for me it was like he is not a nice guy no he is an absolute jerk yeah it takes everything <laughs> but it in was him to hide it was that. hilarious to see him try to maintain his nice guy composure <laughs> when he's really like i hate these kids oh yes because they're not doing what i want them to do anyway oh my gosh yeah so and I think anytime Mortish and Gomez are doing anything as a couple, uh, I, I love the scene when they're in the bistro and they dance. Yes. Uh, because I thought that really epitomized their their marriage. Yeah, just, it was their relationship with no words. Right. It was, it was great. like ha- just how perfect they are for each other and how they like compliment each other in every way. I, you know, I, I just. And also, <laughs> and like, because that's a double date scene. So while they're having this beautiful, passionate, fiery dance, meanwhile, Fester has breadsticks in his nose right, and thinks that is equally to... as romantic to woo his serial killer wife. Yep. Or future wife. Um, and I, I just want to read this because what we've been saying kind of and what we were saying earlier leads me to this quote. Oh, yeah. um, well, it's on Wikipedia, and I don't know if this is someone who reviewed it. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Barkin from Bloody Disgusting, which is a uh, American horror genre website Very cool. covering horror films. He said this quote, and this is exactly how I feel. He says, I'm of the firm belief that the Adams family are the most loving, caring, and connected family that has ever graced the silver screen. They are wildly devoted to each other, show an interest in what the others are doing, and spend tons of quality time together. In all honesty, there's quite a bit to be jealous of when watching them. Accurate. And I think that that's the message isn't like be jealous of the Adams family. I think the message is this is a family that, again, remove the more the, the how morbid it is. Remove right. the, the the spooky, creepy stuff, or or the siblings trying to kill each other. This is a family <laughs> that in, that that cares about each other, mm-hmm. that does things together, and when something is going wrong with one of them, they're all not operating like when fester you know because yeah, they're all affected well debbie eventually kind of woos fester away and uses her um her sensual yeah uh, abilities to basically you know um to con- get fester to, to not get, to talk get to fester, his family right, anymore to get fester to not speak to his family uh and gomez is like stricken by it the baby has issues so again even though the issues with the baby were ridiculous because it beca- it looked like a beautiful little blonde baby like angel hair right and like he likes cat in the hat now and they're yeah. like oh no this is terrible yeah not under my roof. i love the scene when when morticia is reading cat in the hat like she's like 
you would think that she wouldn't do that, but she's like, well, I might as well just read it to him. But <laughs> again, though, it just shows though that even in this state that they hate, they're like, it's my kid. Like right. I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll do right by him. Yeah, and then, uh, so it, it really when something's going wrong with a member of this family, er- everything's haywire until they get everything back together. Yeah, again, it's which, sweet, and I, it's sweet. So I think you should be able to find that even past how morbid I think uh, Adam's family is. It's all ultimately like being silly, and it's all you know, a, a, a it's all a big joke. I happen to love the the creepiness of it. Right. Well, we love that, but I'm just yeah. <laughs> of course, we're just saying that that that's that's part of their shtick as yeah, a, as a show exactly. and as a movie. But behind all that, I think is a, it was was that bigger um, message. Oh, for sure. Um. So yeah. Now I want to take a few minutes to talk soundtrack <laughs> because I actually did own the cassette tape soundtrack to yes. Adam's Family Values. Um, I did. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna go through some of the artists. Um, I don't remember a lot of these songs. I think some of it was kind of like things that maybe didn't necessarily appear in the movie, but they were mm-hmm. like, um, you know how in movies for kind a soundtrack, like a various artists soundtrack. Yeah, very various artists where um, songs kind of like are can have to do with themes in the movie. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Um, it's your thing by H Town, and I remember that song. It's the first song on the on the tape. I liked that. Be thankful for what you've got by Brian McKnight. I remember that song. Oh yeah. Express yourself. Express <laughs> yourself. Excuse me. By Roger and the Fushnickens. Never heard of them. Neat. Remember that song though. What you see is what you get by RuPaul. Yes. Family Affair. And I'm just going through these. These those are the first five I really remember. But this is the <laughs> one complaint that we're gonna have about Adam's family. Yes. And it's technically Adam's not even values. the movie. It's technically not even in the movie. Because I love the way the movie ends. It ends actually with Wednesday and I mean, spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean it's been a while, so I, I mean, mean really. just just know that at the tape store, if we're talking about movies, we might just spoil it if if we're because talking about it's it. It's been out so, at least twenty years, right? By this it's point. been out. You, you should have called it in nineteen ninety three. I saw this movie <laughs> twice in the theaters, twice. And let me tell you something. I'm just gonna take this opportunity. Oh my god! <laughs> to say that when I saw this movie the second time was with my cousin, oh, and no. uh, when my crush. Over on Christina Ricci was so like serious that like I kept it a secret. Oh bless you! It was like Bruce Wayne keeping the Batman secret. It was like That's no one can a know. Big level. No one can know. <laughs> uh, and I remember kind of like hinting at hinting to my cousin, you know, a little bit after watching the movie. It was really good. Um, oh my gosh! I'm just saying, I, I I saw this movie twice, and when you're a kid and you don't have a car and you have to have a ride to get places to watch a movie twice at the theater. That's a big deal. It's you're committed when you're a kid because <laughs> yeah. when me and my best friend Jeff were older and we were like 22 and we had cars, we saw the two towers and six times. And your own money. And our own money most of the time. We saw <laughs> we saw the two towers, Lord of the Rings, the two towers, six times. Jeez. But I was 13 and I made sure I made it twice to see Adam's family base. <laughs> but all that to say, let's get to this, the, the song at the end because the end is Wednesday and Joel. Yes, you know, Joel, in the graveyard. And you kind of, and, and and Joel's like, "Do you ever imagine yourself getting married having yeah, kids?" Yeah, he's he's roundabout asking like, "Do you like me?" basically. Right. And, and and you might think, "Hey, Wednesday's already shown that she likes him." Her, yeah, cuz they've already they've already kissed and it's, you know, right. cute and sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. And her response, "No. 
And then he says, well, what if like she, you know, he adored you and and would do anything for you? What then? And she just says, I'd pity him. Right. So true to form. Yes. And she basically said that. um, No, he said, uh, poor, poor uh, Miss Jelensky. She was sick. And she's she wasn't sick. She was sloppy. And basically Wednesday recount, (laughs) basically, excuse me, not recounts, but gives an account of how she would kill her husband. And then she would not get caught. No, she would scare him to death. And then. He lays the flower on Debbie's grave because she dies, and they bury her in the Adams family cemetery. Yeah. So she places the um, he places the flower on there, and then this hand comes up and grabs him, and he screams, and then she smiles, and it ends. And then da-na-na-na. perfect, yeah, perfect, perfect ending. And then it plays. <laughs> Whoop! Adams family, there it is by tag team. And it's exactly what you think it is. It, yeah, Whoop! Adams family, there, there it is. It is. I, uh, yep. Yeah. Whoop, the Adams family. There yeah. it is. Yes, it is that. And it plays throughout the credits. And it's the least thematic right. moment ever because you're in this creeped it, out world right. and then that, we're in Space Jam. That pulls you out of it. <laughs> well, it, it just, the song pulls you out of the yes. world and then kind of like, I don't know. It just was, I'm like, no, the Adams family wouldn't be down with that. Like, cause, okay, because I know in every movie they always do an updated version of right. whatever. Like, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Celine Dion sings it. And then uh, even Casper, you know, uh, uh, Little Richard comes in and sings Casper the Friendly Ghost. Again, sorry, Christina Ricci. But that worked because it. Right. It and I'm not knocking Tag Team or Whoop, there it is, no, because no, no. let me tell you something. Like, that was a lot of fun. That and was the jam. In, in middle school, in sixth grade, that was the jam, and, and we loved it. So I'm yes. not knocking Tag Team, but. I'm knocking. No, we're talking about the thematic elements. The, of the thematic movie. element and place in the placement of this song at the end of the movie, and we were like, "What?" Well, I think it was even and funnier because, again, we've said we're parents, so we always have the subtitles on so we can turn the volume down. Yeah. And what was worse about it was we're actually just watching the lyrics yeah. across the screen. I'm like, "This is I so corny, man." And I just was kind of like, "I don't think that." Morticia and Gomez would think this was cool. I think they'd just be like, what the heck is this? I know. I don't know. They just, anyway, but that was the only thing we were like, yeah, we wouldn't have done that. But Yes. <laughs> um, but now, when I was 13, I thought, oh, cool. This is the jam. <laughs> but that's probably why, though. I like, remember wearing my LSU hat like to the side. No. Like, yeah. Oh, Get yes. Out. Yes. No, but, but then again, though, that you have to think that that's who they did it for. So it worked. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, it was. It's just. It was awful fun. Now. It just, just, but it really did kind of pull you out of the the film too quick at the end. Yeah. 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 Where I think I wanted to, I wanted to live because, with that image a little longer. Right. Well, because the movie actually had a really good uh, score. Yeah. Uh, like a a really good uh, film score. Yeah. That that really did a good job with like the da 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 da. Yeah. And then it had some other like you know themes in it and stuff. So it had a really good score. It would have been nice just to had have like some kind of form of maybe the Adams family yeah um theme song uh, instrumental or something uh not I, I just wasn't and maybe do the Adams family whoop there it is at the latter part of the credits yeah the yes it was just I way would support too support that <laughs> right it was just way too it was so quick right after anyway we just thought that was funny we we're like we've got to talk about how that totally pulled us out of the experience <laughs> I know and now they actually have another Adams family um Yes, there animated is. version I have, coming out, and I've not really. I don't. I think it's I mean, like, come I out. I want to like it. I'm just nervous. No, uh, it's kind of like that was so well done. Yeah, Th- like even if they redid a live action one with a great cast, it would not be 
what and what it's these honestly were. timeless. Like there, there's no, not a lot in that movie that really could date it because the Adams family is already out of time. Like right. they're their own time period, no matter what. Right. So it's kind of like there's not a need to update the film because the Adams family will never be updated. They'll always be in that strange like early 20th century late 19th century time period yes absolutely and to to sum it up the film is in just a great time yes and if you've not seen it treat yourself yeah and it's one of those movies you could really watch just any time yeah and it but it's perfect around this time of year (laughs) yeah i think so And, and and in fact it's the reason why we're having this show yes um, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, is, on Wednesday instead of on yeah, Throwback Thursday. Right, because one, Thanksgiving is a time when you need to be with your family. All this show's been, we talked a lot about the importance of family. So yes, be with your family during we Thanksgiving. we certainly will be. Uh, but, you know, come, you know, but we're happy to have you at the tape store right. on a Wednesday. <laughs> but uh, but we also wanted to talk about this around Thanksgiving is because the whole play happy, at Camp Chippewa is about the first Thanksgiving, the Granger, uh, that Gary Granger wrote. Oh my gracious. My vision. Don't you want to realize my vision? Yes. And we'll hopefully, we'll have some fun stuff on Instagram uh, thematically for you guys regarding this episode. Yeah. Uh, now, Speaking 90s relics. For, let's talk, uh, before we uh, close up the tape store tonight, uh, let's talk about our relic. We have one 90s relic. This is yeah, this from. One, this one's you because you, you found this gem whilst a thrifting. Uh, this is called, yeah, in 1995, <laughs> there was a book written called The Ultimate College Survival Guide. Please explain the cover art. Well, the cover is a por- portion of a jean jacket. It's a, <laughs> a Levi's Strauss jean jacket. Oh, like no. the pocket of it. Because that's what the cool kids wear to college. Yeah, man. But what's funny is that that's cool again. Jean yep. jackets are cool again, so. Thank go. God, yeah. I know, I, right? I love it. I have I have a Levi's jean jacket. There we are. Yep, I love it. Um, Wait, read the... Okay, so the, it says the ultimate college survival guide. And we're going to put a picture. Yes, yeah. Uh, up on, you know... To show it's real. To show you it's real, yep. Dorm life, hitting the books, test and profs. Profs. As profs, in as in professors. Yes. After hours. Uh-oh, watch out. Um, Yes. I bought this. I don't remember if I got this at a thrift store or at a, a, a library that was giving books away, but... Oh, because it's got a library tag on it. Yeah, but we get lots of our um, thrift store stuff from. Yeah, so I'm gonna uh, we're gonna take a some time. I think each week at the tape store. Oh yeah, Seth, I think it is. Huh? (laughs) It says SEHS Library. (laughs) Oh yeah, I got this from the school I worked at, and (laughs) so when we lived in Savannah. Well, here you go. 1995, guys. 1995. So let's read uh, just a little excerpt. Yes. To help and you with your college life, if that's the walk of life. I'm just going to read a few pair. You're right. If uh, college kids, <laughs> uh, get ready. Take take look out. Take this down. <laughs> if you've been to college, this should take you right back. Gene uh, says, so "I'm going to read from the first chapter, which is called Settling In." And I'm just going to read a little bit, and we'll, you know, here we go. Settling in, chapter one. The big move to dorm life is just days away, and you're getting all your stuff ready to go. Now take a break. (laughs) Before you pack so much as a toothbrush, go to your room and just sit there for a minute. Imagine four walls made out of concrete block, a box about 10 feet by 10 feet. Put an imaginary twin bed there. Add a desk, half a dresser, and a tiny, inadequate closet. 
This is probably not too far removed from what you'll be living in when you get to college. And do you notice something? Already, it's almost full. Oh my God. Where's your CD player going to go? <laughs> Where are you going to put the TV? What about that little refrigerator you were thinking of getting? This is bad. Your college dorm room is starting to look more like somebody's yard sale than a home. Get the picture? Less is more. It's a lot easier to add a few things at a time from home as you need them than to begin college living in a storage closet. Actually, some dormitory rooms are even smaller than the law requires the minimum prison cell space to be. And packing for college, as in almost all things, moderation is your key to happiness. So restrain yourself now. You'll thank us later. I guess the authors of the book. Us, yeah. Mm -hmm. Particularly if any of your belongings get stolen or trashed during a party by some of your roommates or your own rowdy friends. <laughs> it's so All right. ominous. So we'll Good stop grief. there. But there, there is some great, just some great 90s like. Terrible tips. I mean, as in terrible as in wonderful. Yes, terrible is uh, wonderful in this But case. this is full of stuff. And guys, this is a 250 page book. Oh, and it that, has the library card yeah. attached in the back. That's so awesome. So we'll spend some time each week. Um, I'd like to at least. Yes. Or, 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 you know. As as the mood strikes. As the mood strikes to pull out the old Ultimate College Survival Guide because you guys need it. Oh, All also right. I want to add that our ambiance for tonight is uh, I have a, a candle burning bright called Sleeping Death. Nice and creepy because I felt like we should have some kind of yeah. creepy ambiance. What does that say at the bottom? Was it smell I can't like? read it. Oh, spooky scents of cranberry, juicy plum with red apples, warm cinnamon, and golden nutmeg. So, so perfect for the Adams family. Yes. All right. Well, um, we are going to wrap things up for tonight. Yeah. Uh, we hope everybody here uh, listening at the tape store and hanging out at the tape store, um, and whether you're listening now. Uh, or later on, we hope you have, are having, or, or have did, already or had, have already had a very wonderful Thanksgiving yes. that was meaningful, and with family, or friends, or wherever you call home, or friends, or wherever you call home. Uh, we're going to close down the tape store for this week. We will see you next time. Until then, I'm Toby, and I'm Brooke. Thanks, guys. Have a great night.